0: Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Happy New Year, we are so glad that you're here to worship with us today at Connect Church, the first worship service of the new year of the brand new decade. It just kind of has some weight to it, doesn't it? Doesn't it just feel good to be here gathering collectively to make much of Jesus. Now, I'm one of those who struggle to stay up until midnight on New Year's Eve. I just, we got four young kids, our life is all about that and it's hard to do, but one of my favorite things on New Year's Eve to do is to go to social media and to look at the memes that are out there on social media. I just, I love them. And I wanna share a few of my favorite because what I want you to begin to see is that for some reason, When it comes to New Year's Eve, things start getting a little cynical out there, right? People a little hard on New Year's Eve. For instance, the beloved character Willy Wonka is in a meeting, let me guess, new year, new you, right? Do you sense the cynicism there? Like, there's just not a lot of hope there. I love love this one here. It's a chubby man at the doctor on a scale, and it says, the doctor's saying, well, well, it seems your weight is perfect. You just happen to be 11 feet too short, right? The struggle is real. Uh, my wife and I have uh, uh, been not on a diet, but a life change since the first of January because she's morbidly obese. And uh, she thinks we need, if you know my wife, she's a, man, she's a beanful. I love my wife, but we are on a diet. I've eaten more salads than I have in the past decade. My body tries to reject them. Anyway, so I feel this guy's pain right here. I love this one. Ever since a kid, I was forced to watch uh, this show Every time it aired at night, and it was hosted by this young lady, Barbara Walters. And somebody said, can Barbara Walters come back to tell us this is 2020? Man, I was waiting for somebody to bring her back to celebrate that truth right there. I love this. Happy New Year's, one year closer to death. (laughs) Isn't it perfect that they used a cat for that, right? Like I kind of see that. And then maybe you're just sitting back and you're like, Who needs New Year's? Who needs New Year resolutions? Because like this kitty cat, you don't need any because you're already perfect, right? Uh, Maybe that's you this morning, but you know what I sensed? I sensed just a lot of cynical attitudes and thoughts towards the new year as I was watching. Maybe it's because um, Forbes magazine uh, published an article that said that nearly 8% of Americans... I say nearly and what I really mean is only 8% of Americans keep their New Year's resolutions. Those are some pretty bad statistics, right? How many of you guys made a New Year's resolution of some sort, right? Uh, You're too ashamed to even admit it because you know what the next question is. How many of you already broken them, right? Yeah, uh, let's be the proud few there. But only 8% of Americans keep good on their New Year's resolutions. So maybe, maybe just maybe this morning, Instead of just trusting our, our willpower this New Year's, maybe we put our stock in the one who in Isaiah 43, verse 19, the one who makes all things new. You see, today we don't talk resolutions. Today, on the first Sunday of this new year, we find ourselves setting goals as a church. And hear me, for two reasons, you ready? To the glory of God, and to the good of people who desperately need him. Hey, and by the way, church, I'm one of those people who desperately needs him. And you know what? You are too. I heard it said this way. Here's what I have found. That trying to be more like Jesus fields far better results than trying to be a better me. You know what I don't need in 2020? I don't need a better Anthony Kendall. What I need in 2020 is to be more like Jesus. And I pray that your heart would be that way as well. Hey, speaking of setting goals, Dave Ramsey would say this, goals that are never written down are not really goals. They are wishes that will never happen. And so what I want us to do today is, I want us as a church to write down some of these goals. So in front of you, there's a pen, there's probably a sermon note card. If you don't have a sermon note card in front of you, raise your hand and some of our team will grab that for you. But I want us here, just a few minutes, I want us to write down some of the goals that we share as a church together. And here's what I mean by the church, and it's so important, and I say this from time to time, but we've got to grasp this, you ready? The church is not a building, it's a body of believers. The church is not a program, it's a people, it's not an organization, rather it's an organism made alive by Jesus Christ. And so as a body of believers, as his people, as this organism made alive by Christ, we come together today to set goals for the new year, praying that God would accomplish just that in our midst. Now, as we head towards these goals, here's a couple of things we're reminded of. Number one, why we exist. Our mission to connect church is to connect everyone to the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what we're convinced of? Jesus really does make all the difference in the world. Here's a tagline to that, you ready? We are not a museum for people to come and see. Rather, we are a movement of God to mobilize his church, to take ministry outside of these walls to the marketplaces of our everyday lives. We are convinced the most important ministry that takes place in the life of Connect Church is not found within these walls, but it's found within the walls of your home, your community, your workplaces, your schools. And here's how we do it. How how do we accomplish this? You ready? We love God, we love people, and we make disciples. We love God, we love people, and we make disciples. But Anthony, what is it that makes goals successful? Well, back to that Forbes um, article that I read. It said this about goals. They must be two things. Number one, specific. And number two, contain next steps. How do we get there together? But I would also contend this, that for every believer when it comes to setting goals, whether it be individually or collectively, we must bring with it the very conviction of God. They must mask who we are in Christ. It must bear conviction of biblical conviction of who we are in Christ. They must also build accountability, meaning this. They must be goals that we can look at other believers and go, hey, let's go together. Let's go together to see what God can do in this. And last but not least, goals for the believer should begin now. You see, we're very clear in scripture that we are not promised tomorrow, right? Today is the day of even salvation. We are not promised tomorrow. You know who promises us tomorrow? At times, the enemy. Because if he can get us to delay our obedience to God today, he has us exactly where he wants us. And I want you to hear me, church. You ready? Delayed obedience to God is simply disobedience to God. And so goals for the believers begin Today They build accountability and they have a biblical conviction to them. And as we set these goals today, approaching 2020, this has been on my mind for months. And uh, I, I thought about, man, what would define my prayer life? What would define my, my, my preaching Our direction as a church? And there was one word that kind of overwhelmed my heart and my mind over these past couple few months thinking of 2020. One word and one word alone. And here's what it is, you ready? More. More. You know, in our culture, this is a pretty common expression to relay a desire, right? Like, I want more money. I want more fame. I want more popularity. I want more happiness. I want more stuff, more things, more tacos, right? I mean, just anything that we could plan out in life. We have a culture that screams more. I'm talking a different more. Here's what I know theologically. You ready? That at the point of my salvation and yours, that we have all the Jesus that we will ever need. The minute he saves us, he gives us all of himself. And I'm so grateful. But practically, there is a part that you and I play in this equation. And that is this, the equation that I pray is worked out in my life and in your life. It's seen here in John chapter three, verse 30, where John would say, he must become greater, I must become less. You ready, church? I want more of him in my life and a whole lot less of me. That's the more that I pray towards. And it's not just for me as an individual believer. But I look at our church and I, I want God to do more. My prayer for the church is echoed in Paul's doxology found in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. A doxology is just a short hymn of praise. And I want you to listen to how he ends out this prayer for the Christians in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. He says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Let me stop right there. Today's message is not some self-help technique. It's not some ego stroking type of phrase that we can work into our lives. It is a recognition that the immeasurably more is found on the other end of his power and his power alone in and through our lives. That is immeasurably more. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and forever. This is the very prayer that I have for us as a church. I want the immeasurably more of God through his power in us. As a church, you think of that and you go, well, what is the antithesis of immeasurably more? Well, it would be settling for measurably less. Isn't that the very characteristic or one of the characteristics of sin is settling for measurably less than Jesus? That is what happens every time you and I engage in sin. And yet here is this invitation, this prayer for you and I to discover, to relish, to joy in the immeasurably more of God. So to reach the goals we set forth, we need not to settle for measurably less. But long for and work for the immeasurably more of God. I've heard it said this way, that there are four main bones in any and every organization, and I would argue in any every church. There's the wish bones, that is the people who are wishing somebody would do something about the problem. There are the jaw bones, those who do all the talking but very little else. There's the knuckle bones, and those are the people who just knock everything. But then there are the backbones. Those people who carry the brunt of the load and do much of the work. You know, I think of our church, and I'm so thankful for all the backbones sitting out in the, in the audience today. So grateful for all those who stepped up and bore so much. And you know what? If we are to reach these goals, you know what we need everybody to be? Not a wishbone, not a jawbone. We don't even need those who are the knuckle bones. We need every one of us to stand up and to be the very backbones that God has called us to be and empowered us to be in Jesus Christ. I think of this, why? LifeWay produces a study not too long ago that would tell us this, that six in 10 churches have either plateaued or in decline across our nation. Six out of every 10, fewer than half the churches in America have seen over 10 people give their heart and their life to Jesus. 68% of churches have zero to do with helping or planning other churches in their communities. And I look at that and I go, what sobering, what discouraging, what defeated news that comes out of these surveys sometimes and then the Lord got a hold of my heart and just reminded me to celebrate, to celebrate what God is doing. Um, If you were to hop in on a staff meeting or a a deacon's meeting at our church or um, one of the times we meet with just our elders or our whole staff together, you know what we always start every meeting with? A section I call Celebrate. We don't do anything else except for to open up our times together and what we do is we celebrate together. We celebrate the good things that God is doing through his church. You know what? It's easy to criticize. Anybody can do it. But it's essential for believers to celebrate what God is doing. Oftentimes, it is the longest time that we have in our staff meetings, in our deacons meetings. And oftentimes, it's accompanied by a whole lot of tears together as we celebrate what God has done. So I thought, you know what we could do? Before we set out these goals, maybe for a few minutes, we could share some of the metrics, the measurables that we celebrate here at Connect Church. We can celebrate this together. You know, since our launch day, we have been, we have had a great joy of watching over 200 people give their heart and their life to Jesus. Man, I just, I love, yeah, hey, listen. That is the greatest metric of all. Right now today. now many of those have been visitors who come across our services. Some of them have been part of our missions. But for those that we've seen saved and, and are connected to this area, we celebrate over 70 baptisms since our launch Sunday. I think of this, one of the great metrics we love to celebrate Our groups. Um, let's just talk about our adult groups. Last year at this time, we had 150 people registered. This year, over 450 people are enrolled in a group, 65% of which connect every month to a group in the life of our church. And hey, by the way, that's not counting our students, our children, and our college young adults, which add about another couple of hundred to that number who are connected to groups. That is a measurable, that is a metric that we love in the life of our church. Now last year, we launched a vision called Neighborhood to Nations. It was gonna guide us over 2019 and through 2020. It was this idea, how is it that God would use Connect Church and the life of this community in our neighborhood all the way to the nations? And you know what? We continue in that heartbeat of asking God to use us from our neighborhood to the nations and to celebrate what he can and will do, the immeasurably more of God that we pray to see so here are some of the highlights I think I'm just gonna give you a couple I listed these out and then realized with Lord's Supper and so much on this Sunday We just don't have all the time in the world but some of my favorites I think of love week that happened back in August Over 600 man-hours were dedicated to loving our community. I think of here recently raising enough money to abolish 6.3 million dollars in medical debt for the hardest hit for those most limited in resources in our community. And you did just that. I think of a Christmas project where we help come alongside of Ginger and her team for 170 plus people provide Christmas for them. Over a dozen giving their life to Jesus and all of them exposed to the love of God and the gospel. And I just look at those few and I celebrate what God has done in our neighborhood this past year. In fact, let me just celebrate some partnerships we go into the new year with. I think of as we celebrate As we continue this celebration, look at what partnerships we've created. We helped to launch this incredible church. Pastor Greg Gaines, it reigns in his church at Northview Church in the Kodak area. Man, I love this guy. I love his heart for ministry. I love where they meet in the Smoky Stadium. And I'm going to tell you something. As we're meeting now, he's preaching the word. And he's making much of Jesus. And we had a chance financially to support them. We bought them their trailer so they can house their church in there. We have a chance to pour into them. And we love this church. I think of how that's God's using us in the neighborhood. I think of our partnership with Young Life, how we get a chance to come along financially with them. And our staff and our team work with them to reach young people who not, would ordinarily would not darken the door of a church, but would go to a club meeting like this and they experience the gospel. I love Dan and his wife and their team, and we get to see them a lot on Sundays, and I love that. I think of Sean Stutz, who we get to partner financially with, who is working in the prisons, not only of our area, but in other areas. And listen, he's going in there, not just showing up one week do doing a service, but for ongoing discipleship, buying homes to help transition prisoners back into not only being responsible citizens of our community, but responsible and redeem citizens in the kingdom of heaven. I love what he's doing. Here's one of my favorites too, Paul and Terry. I know Paul and Terry, they're here today. I love Live it Ministries and what God is doing. When I was in Charlotte, I would bring my youth over here and we would partner with them and we would do incredible work for really the least of these in this community. And they do that day in and day out in remarkable and unique ways. And we are so grateful that we're coming on alongside of them this year to help be partners, not only financially, right, Paul and Terry, but to come and to put bodies there and to do the work that God has called us to do in our community. I love Jim Davis over at Sevier County Food Ministries and the work that they do financially coming alongside. We helped till their garden last year so that they could plant vegetables for people to come alongside of. I love celebrating these partnerships, the cooperative program, where we join thousands of other churches in the state and we give towards ministry and missions and church planning in our state, the International Mission Board, the North American Mission Board, and this year, church family to all of these partners Isaiah 117 who we had a chance just weeks ago to gift them with $16,000 of overage from our medical debt giving met over 10% of their budgeted needs for a house that's going to take care of kids on the roughest day of their life when they're taken from their home and they're waiting to be placed in a foster care home man I love this I love our partnerships because you know what we get to see is that God is using you, your generosity, you as individuals, and your church in the neighborhood he's planted us in. I'm gonna tell you something, we gotta stop. And we gotta celebrate all that God has done. Can I tell you one of my favorite celebrations? Your story. For those of you who connect to Connect Church, and and maybe this is like a home to you, I love how God is using Connect Church in your life and your family's life to grow you closer to Jesus. But we can't stop there because in the first full year of our existence, we were purposeful, we were strategic in wanting to make sure missions was done in Sevier County, why? Because as we go to the nations, we wanna do it right here so we can do it right there, right, when it comes to missions. But we've also had the nations that have been affected. I love this guy. He is the church plant pastor of True North Church in Anchorage, Alaska. And your generosity has gone to help him. And this year, we're taking a vision trip there. You'll find out more about that in a meeting coming up. But we're going to take a vision trip there, finding out how connect church in one of the most spiritually dark areas that I've ever been in. Anchorage, Alaska. You say, well, Anthony, that's part of America. How's that to the nations? I'm going to tell you something. Have you ever been there? You recognize the nations come here to get away from everything else, including God. It's unbelievably spiritually hard. But you know what? Your generosity this past year continued this year. And our boots on the ground with them are going to make a difference as we help this church to grow in the life of their community, their gospel impact. I, I love this, the Dominican Republic. Um, last year, when we were just getting started, you guys helped rescue 20 children from the DR and became, in a sense, some spiritual moms and dads to them. And we'll get a chance to do that here in a couple of months. But I love our partnership with Compassion. In fact, just a couple of months ago, I flew down to the Dominican Republic. I peeked behind every curtain to make sure that the money we send is handled in a wise in a good way and I got to meet my little girl Eliani that we helped rescue and I got to spend the day with her and bring her gifts for my kids and and I'm gonna tell you something, our sponsorship of her through our partnership with Compassion stands to lift her and her family out of poverty and it is unbelievable how God is doing that. From the nations, I love this too, that although I can't say his name, I can't talk about his family. I can't tell you where he ministers. But your generosity and soon your presence will be with me as we take a vision trip into the heart of the Middle East where we have a family from this area who is ministering the gospel through teaching English in a hotbed of the world and especially nowadays. And they are ministering the gospel faithfully to Muslims and winning one by one to faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I love the difference you are having even in the Middle East. And as we come together and we celebrate so much, and and that's, that's probably all the celebrating we're gonna do this morning, although I could go on. It's time that you and I together collaborate. It's time that you and I come together and we start saying this, what are the goals that we pray for God to do? What is the immeasurably more that we are asking God to do in the heart and the life of this church. So you ready? Let's write them down. If you've got pen and paper, maybe a notepad pulled up on your phone or your iPad, let's begin to write down some goals. They have to be specific and they've gotta have some next steps. But here's what I wanna challenge you, you ready? That we approach this time together with this attitude. We We have to approach it with the right perspective and the right attitude. Here's what I've heard said. Discipline says, I need to. Duty says, I ought to. Devotion says, I want to. Guys, the attitude and perspective that we look at these goals at today is not from a place of just, I need to. Or I ought to. But let's do so out of devotion to Christ that says, I want to. I want to see God do immeasurably more. Here's our first goal, you ready? To connect with Christ, excuse me, in our everyday. To connect with Christ in our everyday. I'm gonna tell you the key to our church growing and being used of God in the immeasurable, immeasurably more is for every believer to connect with Christ in your everyday. So today, be watching our social medias. as maybe you have this past week, we are launching a Bible study that we're gonna read the Bible in a year together. Aaron and I are starting today. Our family is, our staff is, and together through the Bible app, we are gonna read a Bible in a year, the Bible in a year, together as a church family, trusting that God is gonna grow us. And you say, well, Anthony, what is the why behind that? The why, because the more and more you read the book, the more and more you fall in love with the author the more and more you fall in love with Jesus. The why? Because Psalm 119 says this, that I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You ready? Why is it that we connect with Christ every day? It's because I don't know about you, but I am tired of settling for measurably less when in my every day, I can live out the immeasurably more that Christ has for me. We connect with Christ in our everyday. Hey, let me ask you a question. Where is that chair in your house? You know what I'm talking about, right? Like your go to spot in your home. If you were to walk in the doors of my house this morning, you would see an oversized chair with my imprint in it, right? You got a chair like that, don't you? A place you just, man, that's where you go. That's your happy place. I want you to go home today. I want you to identify that place in your home. And that chair in my home is where I am going to meet with him every single morning this year. And I'm gonna spend time with him. And I'm gonna read his word. In fact, today's the first three chapters of Genesis. And I'm gonna begin with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you want him to stop and do, I'm gonna go, God, thank you for just you. Thank you in your great love you created us. And not only are you creator of all things, but God, in a world that seems to be going crazy, you are Lord of all things. You know what I just did there in my big comfortable chair? Is I not only read scripture, but I prayed it. And I fellowshiped with him. And so you know what? It's exactly what I'm going to do today. And where you're going to find me today. We encourage you to connect with Christ in your everyday. And one of the next steps is for you and I, let's read through the Bible together. Be watching our social media today. We'll provide links to this Bible study on the Bible app. And we'd love for you to join us. We're praying that 500, 600 of you will come alongside and let's read the Bible together through the year. Here's goal number two. Goal number two is to connect one family, one person who is unchurched to the Connect Church family. We're going to do that by identifying, engaging, and inviting people. Now, now listen to me. Here is the sobering statistic. You ready? Here's the sobering statistic that in our community, seventy to 80,000 people have no church home, and at times that number's even greater, have zero church home. Now listen, I'm not sending you out today into the church next door to try to get people from their church to come to our church. It's not needed. There's enough people without a church home that we can engage our community and we can see family after family and person after person come and connect with Connect Church. But can I tell you something? That's not a prayer for just Connect Church. It is my heart and my prayer that every church in our community would see a growth this year like never before. I'm gonna tell you something, fill up every one of our services and we create 10 more and do that across every church in Sevier County and we've still not reached the number of people who are lost and disconnected from his church. And it's my prayer for churches in our community. From First Baptist Church to my church home, that I love so much, to the church right down the road from my house at Red Bank, whose pastors had a hard couple of weeks. Man, I pray that God would so bless them, he would blow down the doors with people coming to pathways down the road in our community, to the Methodist church down the road who's fighting even in their denomination, to all of the churches. We were praying that God would raise them up to reach people for the cause of Christ. So we do so by identifying someone you know or a complete stranger who has no church. To engage them by serving them, loving them, praying for them and bringing them. To invite, May grab some cards at your seat on the way out and go out this week and invite people, engage them in conversation. Invite them to come to church. <coughs> Excuse me. For the first time since we launched our church, I uh, last week sat down on my desk and I pulled all our information together about what have we been running in worship across 14 months? Where are we? Honestly, for the first time, any of our staff have engaged in that kind of conversation. And we began to look and, and we're just encouraged by some of the growth we've seen here at the church. Um, As of December of this year versus December of last year, actually, December of last year versus December of two years ago, we found that our church has grown over 62% in attendance on Sunday mornings, which we are so grateful for. In the past six months, we've grown nearly 40% in those who are coming and joining us on Sunday mornings. In fact, what we've known is that in the month of December that we, we averaged well over 600 who would come and, and worship with us each Sunday. So here's, here's our goal, you ready? In light of 70 to 80,000 people who have no church home, is maybe, just maybe, we could see this year 1,000 people every week connect to the life of Connect Church. But how are they gonna do that? You know what I would like to say? I mean, the growth of our church is attributed to the greatest preaching in the world. But all I have to do is ask my mother-in-law, and know that's not the truth, right? I'm kidding, she loves me. It's not about the greatest preaching. It's not about the greatest worship team on the planet. You know what? The majority of people that we've seen come, the 40% growth in this past year, In the past six months, a 62% growth in past year has come on the other side of your invitation. Has very little to do with us, in fact. They first came because you loved them and cared for them enough to invite them. So part of our goals is to connect one family, one person. You be responsible. Connect one family, one person who's unchurched to connect church this year. Here's our goal number Hey, by the way, about that goal, you know what's amazing about goals? That goals affect us privately, publicly, and collectively. Hey, by the way, collectively as a church, can I just encourage you as you invite people to church, be faithful to gathering together yourself. Be faithful yourself to gather together. Make a commitment hey, that if you're in town and you are healthy, listen, don't you come here with the flu. We don't judge people. We will judge you if you come in here with the flu. No, kid, don't come in here with the flu. If you are in town and you are healthy, make a commitment to make much of Jesus together. Hebrews 10.25, do not forsake the assembling yourselves together. Hey, by the way, as we've held since the beginning, if Connect Church is not for you, man, we'll help you find a place where you can be committed and you can connect with a body of believers. In February, part of the way we're gonna make this happen is in February, our Wednesday nights specifically, but also our Sunday mornings, are gonna be targeted at reaching one of the most unreached people groups in our community, and that is families with special needs, kids. 90% is the national average of special need families that are unchurched because of the challenges they know. You know what? We wanna make a difference in that in our community. And so you'll be hearing ways how specifically our Wednesday night service, identical to this one, will do that. And also steps that we're taking on Sunday morning. Okay, we got to get through these, guys. Hurry up. Oh, did I just, I missed the three. I can't even go back. So let me just tell you. Our connect goal number three, got to write this down. And this is easy. You ready? Connect your one to Christ. So write this down. Connect your one. You're one with Christ. Tens of thousands of people are without Christ in our community. It is those who are close to you but maybe far from God. Jesus said in Luke 19 10 For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And if that is the heartbeat of Christ, that ought to be the heartbeat of His church as well. So here's the goal. You ready? If we have 600 plus average of people who are attending Connect Church right now weekly, then I'm praying to see over 600 people give their heart and their life to Jesus. On Sunday mornings, on Wednesday nights, and missions, and your ones. Come to faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So, what's the next step? February 2nd and 9th in the afternoons, those are Sundays. I'm going to lead evangelism training for our entire church. We'll have supper, we'll have a meal, we'll have childcare, and I want you to come and let's learn how to win our one with Christ. And here's our last goal. You ready? Connect with your next step. There are many of you sitting out there who've yet to be baptized, who've yet to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. That means being baptized after you've been saved. Today, pull out your Connect card. Jeff, can you guys pull out your Connect card real quick? And Debbie, could you hold it up? Yeah, hey, listen, you got a Connect card? You fill that out today, and you know what? Check baptism. It's time for you to take, there you go, Jeff, beautiful model. Um, It's time for you to take your next step. Maybe you've not taken the step of joining Connect Church and God's called you here. On the 26th of this month, we're gonna have a welcome home party, informal, to welcome you home and talk about what it is to be a biblical church member. We have about 300 church members on the roll and over 600 attending. By the way, I always hope we keep that. I hope we don't have more people on the membership roll and less people coming. But I tell you this, many of you guys, been called of God to join the life of this church let's do it let's do it together I think of when it comes to groups Rick Warren says, a church member needs two things, a role in a relationship, a role, a place to serve, a relationship, a small group to connect with. Hey, church, you ready? Let's connect you to a group. January 19th in this room at 5 p.m., we're gonna have a group's launch party, and we wanna introduce you to the groups at Connect Church and see exactly where you might connect. Maybe it's serving. Go to infocc.org. We'd love to get you into serving into leadership in the life of Connect Church. But write these down. Let's own these goals together. Let's take our next steps. And here's my promise to you, that we will never be the same. You'll never be the same. Your family will never be the same. This community will never be the same. And the people whose names exist in that box that we wrote down in our Who's Your One campaign that don't know Jesus, they will never be the same. Anthony, what's the end of all this? Why these goals? What is your hope? Maybe to live out what a martyred pastor once wrote. Nearly 100 years ago from Zimbabwe, a young pastor was forced with the choice to deny Jesus or to die. And he chose to, to love and to stand for Jesus, and he died. As they were looking for his study, then, through his study the next day after his death, they found this statement written out. What's the end? Maybe that you and I would live this. He wrote down in his study, he said, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I will not look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense, and my future is secure. I am finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, cheap giving, and dwarf goals. My pace is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions few, my guide reliable, my mission clear. I won't give up, back up, let up, or shut up until I preached up, prayed up, paid up, stored up, and stayed up for the cause of Christ. I must go until he returns, give until I drop, preach until I'll know, and work until he comes. And when he comes, he will have no problem recognizing me. My colors will be clear, for I am not ashamed. Of the gospel that thank you again for checking out our podcast be sure to subscribe so you can stay other